Hey, James. Kristen, I'm so glad you're here. I've been losing it over these terrifying dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Why must they exist? They're so scary. You're talking about the so-called designer Meghan and Harry dolls that are for sale on Etsy right now. And yes, they are terrifying. And no, they do not look anything like Meghan or Harry. They kind of look like demented cabbage patch dolls. And the Harry doll in particular, (laughs) he doesn't even have red hair like Harry. I mean, come on. That's like the easiest thing to do. Give him red hair like Harry. I know, right? And yet, like everyone else in the world right now, I cannot stop staring at their eyes. <laughs> well, James, let me tell you, the dolls, as well as a lifetime of nightmares, can be yours for only $175. I think I got the nightmares for free. <laughs> Enough about the murder dolls. We should probably introduce ourselves and the show. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royals enthusiast living in New York. And I'm James Barr, a royal-loving Harry lookalike, a ginger living in the UK. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, do a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally, give our predictions for what we think will happen at the wedding. So, shall we get into this week's headlines, James? Let's do it. All right. First off, let's talk about Meghan and Harry's trip to Wales. James, did you see Meghan's impeccable hairstyle? Kristen, no. (laughs) That messy bun... Again, I just can't with this messy bun. It looked fantastic, James. It looked so good. It looked so real, very modern, very beautiful. Like, maybe she didn't use an entire bottle of hairspray on her head this time. How can you say that? Is your internet connection not very good? <laughs> because as far as I'm looking, when I'm looking at these pictures, they do not they do not look good. <laughs> I mean, she's gorgeous. We know Megan is gorgeous, but she needs to be a little bit more polished for me like Kate Middleton has fully glowed up her hair is beautiful Kate who is your stylist hook a sister up no no Kate (laughs) is gorgeous but she's her own person and (laughs) Megan is her own person and yes to the messy bun real woman yes superstar Hollywood woman but yes real woman hair love it no not a real woman a royal and if your prediction today is that Megan is going to wear a messy bun at the wedding I'm just calling this whole thing off (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. I'm writing that down right now. Messy bun at the wedding. Okay. But but enough of that. Enough of that. Let's talk more about what else she was wearing that day. This is something I love so much about Megan. Her outfit had so much meaning. As the Daily Mail reported this week, she wore almost entirely British clothing brands. She focused on smaller labels with ethical practices and missions. She wore a pair of mismatched earrings. Get a load of this one of which was made by Zofia Day, which is a brand that works to empower women to follow their passions. And the other is made by Gabriela Artigas. And her jewelry is made with, quote, a conscious and respectable outlook toward the environment. Her coat was made by the great Stella McCartney, who we love. And her trousers were made by a Welsh brand. I I don't even know how to pronounce this. (laughs) Hewitt Denim, a company that was created to help bring manufacturing jobs into an area that was hit hard when a former denim factory closed up shop. Their mission is to give jobs back to 400 people. And finally, her handbag was made by Demelier London. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. A brand founded (laughs) with the goal of being, quote, functional and attainable, as well as socially conscious. It does this by funding life-saving vaccines and treatments to save children's lives for every bag sold. So, my gosh, everything she was wearing was completely spot on for her identity, for her new role, 
for the place she was visiting, and just for her kind, decent, diplomatic outlook on the world. She's just such a good person, and her clothes show that. Oh my God, I completely agree. In terms of what Megan is wearing, she is completely killing it. It's, I mean, it's great that she's bringing her own style, but not too much. Like, there's no ripped jeans. Oh, you know I mean? <laughs> the ripped jeans incident far. of 2017. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm never letting no, it go. You're never going to let it go. <laughs> I feel like with the outfit choices and how everything is sustainable and giving back, it's just, it's so perfect. Does it bother you that she wasn't wearing a dress? Because I feel like you would be somebody who would say, hey, you're in the UK now. You're part of the royal family. You have to wear a frock. I mean, I would. If I'm a princess, I'm going to wear a gown. But if Meghan feels I knew you were going to say that, James, you're very wrong. No, (laughs) she has to bring her own style to this. She has to bring her own style to it. But exactly. No, I'm here for that. I'm very up for Meghan doing her own thing in terms of style. Just not the messy bun. (laughs) Okay. Because she's got access to, I don't want to keep coming back to it, but she's got access to so many amazing products and hairstylists. I mean, where is the hairdresser laureate when you need them? <laughs> like, she doesn't have to do that. She can't, And that's not a sustainable hairstyle either. Oh! <laughs> she's not making a statement. She's not making a statement with a messy bun. But she's beautiful. I, am, I'm, I don't want to get any hate for saying this. <laughs> Megan is amazing. I love her. She's wonderful. She is. She's very beautiful. Have I gone too far? <laughs> Don't send me to the tower. Let, let's get to the next headline, James. Next up, Hart has reported that Meghan has received her first official royal gift. What do you think it is? Any guesses? Um, a crock pot. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's a crock pot? Oh, you don't I have do not those? know what that is. You don't have a crock pot? Is it a slow cooker? Yeah, a slow cooker. Oh, okay. No, it was. You're very close, though. An apron. Why would anybody send her an apron? It, it's kind of sexist. It feels like it's kind of sexist. <laughs> you know what I want the apron to say? I want it to say, all this, dot, 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 and I can cook. <laughs> or, or, or something like, ladling up some love. Ladling up some love. <laughs> um... Gross. <laughs> the person that bought the apron is unclear to us. We don't know who bought it, but it was presented to William when he was in Finland and he bought it back to the UK from Megan. It kind of does make sense. She is very into cooking and they got engaged whilst roasting that chicken, as we all remember. Oh, yes. The famous chicken. Yes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the fact that they were roasting chicken. <laughs> bring this up a lot I mean it's a special story it's supposedly the way you get a man to propose to you is you make him a chicken right it's just so funny yeah it's just perfect it might be a sexy apron it could be a sexy apron maybe it's got corgis on it corgi butts oh that would be so cute corgi butts in the kitchen who doesn't want some corgi butts in the kitchen and since it was an official gift it was included on the list the palace releases each year so official gifts can be worn eaten and used but are not considered the personal property of the royal recipient any gift valued less than 150 pounds can also be passed on to charity or staff um, harry's other gifts so far have included two jackets two leather holdall bags two leather belt bags two leather zipped pouches two leather passport holders four leather wristbands two ice hockey pucks two baseball caps two t-shirts and two sports polo shirts if we give harry and megan a gift do we get named on the official list of gifts oh my god we have got to send them a crock pot we're doing it right now and the dolls I, i'm thinking the dolls actually <laughs> i think dolls. we should send them the dolls <laughs> oh my god yes we're getting those dolls right now hey, hey Lindsay, can you just like uh order those and send them in our name thanks thanks Lindsay. watch out kensington <laughs> palace 
And this is big news, but sort of a tease. Rumor has it Meghan Markle has picked her wedding dress designer. What? Woohoo! Yes, and I know for a fact it's not going to be that Israeli designer, right? Probably, right? probably who's, not. Who's with me? We actually don't know who it is yet. Uh, Megan's bestie and stylist Jessica Mulroney has reportedly been dragged in to help the designer pick the right gown. And they had the first fitting, but it was top secret, and only five people know who the designer is. Oh my gosh, if you're one of those five people listening right now, please send us an email at when Megan met. Harry at panoply.fm. We'll keep your secret safe. We promise we won't say it on the podcast to all of our thousands of listeners. We won't tell anyone. Totally keep it between us. Just between us. That's it. The two people here. Yes. We do know that some of the design elements that were loved were embroidery and sleeves. Sleeves. Interesting. I I think cap sleeves, though, not long sleeves. Oh, do you think so? Why? I just, I don't think she's a long sleeve person. I just look at what her red carpet style has been over the last several years. She's never really been that much into long sleeves. Maybe some cap sleeves. Maybe her shoulders are covered a bit, but... I just, I don't know about long sleeves. I don't see that happening. Oh, I don't mind either way. However, she feels comfortable, but I am. And and if she wants to wear her hair up, then that's totally okay as well. (laughs) But massively massively backtracking. Apparently, Harry wasn't there. He's letting the ladies handle this sort of thing. Very traditional of him. I reckon Mulroney is also probably helping Meghan with other wedding plans, given her background in wedding planning and bridal styling. And you know what? You kind of implied earlier that she was being dragged into this. I bet she's loving it, actually. Can you imagine? I don't know why I said dragged. (laughs) 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 That was a really odd word to use. She's clearly excited. Yes. Who wouldn't want to help plan the most important wedding that's ever taken place on the planet? Who wouldn't want to do that? I would want to do that. Well, you say that, but there is news just in. There is to be another royal wedding happening this year. Probably not as important as Meghan and Harry's. Oh my God, but it's so important. It's so important. This is one of our very favorite royals. Yes, it's Princess Eugenie, and she is finally marrying her longtime boyfriend, Jack. They've been together for like six or seven years. Yeah. Woo! The royal family released the news that, yeah, Eugenie and Jack are going to be getting married at the same venue. (laughs) Yes, yes. And even better, not that they're totally trying to steal Harry's thunder, but they got the Queen's blessing, supposedly, while they were at Harry's birthday party. I just think that's crazy. Like, having watched The Crown, normally they keep these things very separate and they have one thing going on and they wait, don't they? But you know the way Eugenie is. You know, that whole branch of the family, Beatrice, Eugenie, Fergie, so on, they don't do things the way you expect. They wear toilet seats on their heads. They wear crazy clothes. (laughs) They just... They just do things their own way, which is why we love them. I, I completely agree, yeah. And did you see those wedding announcements that Fergie sent out? Oh, wait, I'm looking now. Total joy. Hashtag engagement. <laughs> I totally, yeah, she's put basically like posted loads of memes, which is so basic. It's so basic and brilliant. She's such a real person. And the the black and white photo is just horrible. It's kind of looking up Eugenie's nose and Jack's hair kind of blends in with the shrubbery in the background. I didn't realize that was them. (laughs) Yes. So she's literally made her own. She's been on Meme Maker and she's put words across a black and white photo. Oh, that is it's so wonderful attractive. and so horrible. All oh at my once. God. At the moment, it's only had 829 likes, guys. What? What? Why? That is not a lot of likes. This is on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> We're going to change that right here and right now. We're changing that. That is really exciting as well, I think, for Harry and Meghan. It's good news because there's no way Eugenie is now going to show up with a toilet seat on her head. She's not <laughs> going to wear something awful at this wedding because Meghan will have the chance to get her own back. I think this is a good thing. 
Yes, yes. I think Megan must be relieved. Won't the world be a little bit sad to be missing out on that? Like, what are the tabloids? Yeah, oh, God, definitely. (laughs) It's bad news for us. It's bad news. Oh, and we should do a quick update on the issue of homeless people being forced out of Windsor. Yes, yes. It turns out... Russell Brand is on the case. Russell Brand, he's created an online petition to convince a local government to buy up a building and donate it to charity that helps the homeless. Because as we discussed a couple of weeks back, there was that government official who was saying that the homeless people in Windsor were unsightly and no tourists would want to see that. And we need to get them out of the way before the royal wedding takes place there. And Russell Brand, he's going to fix all this, isn't he? He is. It's such a despicable thing that that guy said. We'll tweet the link so you can get involved as well from at Royal Wedding Pod on Twitter. Let's take a quick break, James, but stick with us. We'll be back in just a minute with our deep dive of the week. Hey, guys, this week we want to give a very special shout out to one of our new favorite fiction podcasts. It's called The Walk. And it's less a traditional podcast than a first-person adventure. When you listen to The Walk, you become the main character in this story, serving as a spy who has to transport information across Scotland on foot. You'll receive instructions, avert authorities, and come face-to-face with characters who may or may not be trustworthy, all while you work to complete your mission. The Walk is a ton of fun. It'll keep you moving if exercise is something on your list of things to improve this year, And it's written by the great Naomi Alderman, author of The Power. Check out The Walk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. That's The Walk by Naomi Alderman and Panoply. And we're back this week. We are diving in deep with the royal jewels. Yes. Joining us is Ella Kay, writer and creator of the Court Jeweler blog. You can find her on Twitter at Court Jeweler and her website is thecourtjeweler.com. So, Ella, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. We're huge fans of your website. Oh, thank you for having me. We wanted to start with the basics. And maybe this sounds like a silly question, but James and I are wondering, what's the difference between a tiara and a crown? They're two different kinds of jeweled headwear, basically. And sometimes people use the terms interchangeably, which can get a little confusing. But in general, a crown is is worn by someone who is the king or the queen of a country, or it represents the king or the queen of a country. So it usually goes all the way around the head and is studded with gems. But it's more a representation of power than it is just sort of a, an accessory. A tiara is more of an accessory in general. And there was a really like breathtaking documentary with Queen Elizabeth on yes. the BBC in the UK recently about the crown jewels and the crown. Did you see her like manhandling the crown? I did. I loved it. I mean, apparently not that many people are allowed to touch those crowns and she's one of them. I think she's the only person allowed to touch it without gloves and she was literally just poking at it and she was like oh it's so heavy it was so funny (laughs) she was just grabbing it and turning it around and kind of shaking it it was wonderful to see yeah she was like can you move it closer to me because the guy was going so slowly she was like oh just give it air just give it air (laughs) so 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 funny she's like i'm familiar with it bring it to me and i love how when she picked it up she was like this thing weighs a ton (laughs) well and, and it's cool because there are technically two crowns and one of them barely ever gets out of the Tower of London. So she hadn't seen that one for a while. Talk us through then what 
the crown jewels actually are? Well, different countries use the term different ways. But if we're talking about Britain, it's basically the jewels that are kept in the Tower of London. Most of them are used for things just like coronations. So it'll be the crown, St. Edward's crown that they actually use to crown the monarch, the imperial state crown, which is the one she wears when she goes to parliament and gives her queen's speech. But then it'll be other things too, like the scepter of state, uh, which has one of the largest diamonds in the world set in the top of it, or the sovereign's orb, which represents the kingdom, the, the globe that the monarch reigns over. So all of the little accessories they use for the coronation to anoint her and crown her, that's kind of what the crown jewels are. Mm. I'm so excited listening to you talk about them. I just feel so proud to be British. It's so weird. <laughs> Yes. So it's it's very, very unlikely Megan will ever be queen. So she's never going to wear the crown jewels. Right. But can she wear a tiara or does she have to wait for her wedding day to do that? I've heard different messages about when you can wear different kinds of headgear when you're marrying into the family. Yeah. And there's some very kind of old school etiquette experts that believe that you shouldn't wear a tiara until you are a married woman. But that really has never been true. Even if you look back centuries, tiaras started to be popular around 1800. And even then, if you were rich enough and you had access to a tiara and you were going to a place where tiaras were going to be worn, you could wear one. But Megan probably won't until her wedding day or afterward, just because she really won't be going to places, I don't think, white tie events where they'll be wearing tiaras very much. And could you explain the relationship between royal women and their hats? Like, when, do, when, do, when do you wear a hat and when do you wear a tiara? It's funny. My The very first blog that I worked on about royalty focused on the weird hats that they wear. And that's kind of how I got interested in tiaras to start with. It's, it's really a question of day versus night. Like, for example, in Europe, a lot of the monarchs and royals in Scandinavia get married in the evening, the late afternoon, and they'll have big gala events. So they all wear tiaras to the wedding because it's it's a night event. But in Britain, people get married in the morning, so people wear hats instead. Mm. There was a rumor that Harry inherited Princess Diana's wedding ring and then gave that to Wills so that he could propose to Kate with it. Is that true? You know, I have been digging into that one for a while. That's been brought up over and over again. First when William and Kate got engaged, and now with Harry and Meghan. As far as I can tell, there's never been any kind of substantiated statement about who got what when William and Harry went through their mother's jewelry. Richard Kay, the writer for the Daily Mail, says that William picked the ring originally. I think it might have been Paul Burl, the, the royal butler guy, who originally said maybe Harry got the ring, you know, said and said over and over again, and it's kind of lost its source. How, how would you, we've talked a lot about Meghan Markle's like style on the pod. How would you describe, like, how would you characterize her current jewelry style? And is she going to keep that once she marries into the family? Or do you think she'll have to adopt a more sort of regal jewel collection? She's very kind of understated as far as jewelry goes. She wears a lot of small pieces, kind of delicate stuff. It's really on trend right now, the, the really minimalist gold jewelry that she wears. She even does trendy things like 
mismatching her earrings. Oh, yes. We were just talking about that a little earlier. We love that. We love that. So she is very, I think, tuned in to what some of the jewelry trends are at the moment. And I don't really see that changing for her everyday daytime wear after they get married. I think we'll see her, you know, delving into the royal vaults a little bit for big evening kind of events. You know, if she goes to a state banquet or a diplomatic reception, I think then she's going to be borrowing jewelry probably from the Queen's collection. But I, I don't think she'll have to change everything when she gets there. I mean, literally borrowing. Literally borrowing. You think she'll be going through her jewelry box? <laughs> well, uh, Kate has worn so many pieces and really surprised some of us at, at the important pieces that she's been wearing. Like she wears the Queen's bracelet that was a wedding gift from Prince Philip. So, you know, important pieces with real sentimental value. And I think we'll see Megan do the same thing. Oh, I love that. And so is Kate just borrowing that or is she being given that? I think it's all a matter of loaning at this point. And, you know, you're a Brit, you would know your tax situation way better than I do and your gift situation. But in general, the royal family likes to keep their jewelry in one place and they will it from monarch to monarch so they don't have to pay duties on it when someone passes away. Right. What would you say is the worst royal jewelry trend? Gosh, I see if you ask me, no jewelry is bad jewelry. All jewelry is good jewelry. It's good for business. <laughs> but I know a lot of my readers don't like it when royals wear costume jewelry or, you know, cheaper, trendier stuff that you can buy at a shop somewhere. I don't mind that. Royals have been doing that for decades. Queen Alexandra wore fake pearls back around 1900. So, I mean, there's a a big legacy for that. But I think a lot of people, when they think royals and jewelry, they want to see the big stuff, the big diamonds from the vault. And they don't want to see stuff that they could buy on their own. Now, of those big jewels, of all those pieces, is there a most important piece in the royal jewel collection? Something that we should all think yes when we see it come out? For me, the most important stuff is the older stuff that doesn't get to be worn very often and then will make a surprise outing. There's a brooch that the queen wears sometimes that was worn by Queen Adelaide, who was William IV's wife. So 1830s era. You know, when pieces like that come out, it's it's really special and it really speaks to kind of the, the the length and the duration of the British monarchy as a cultural institution. Wow, I'd be scared to wear that in public. Like, what if it fell off? Oh, my gosh. I know. What if you lose a diamond that's two centuries old? I know, old? or someone like brushed up against you on the tube. And... Oof. Don't wear it on the tube. Definitely don't wear it on the tube. What's your prediction for what Meghan may wear first? I think probably the big first piece of royal jewelry we could see her wear would be the tiara she might wear at her wedding. If she does wear a tiara, she might not. But if she does, rumor had it when Kate got married that the queen offered her a selection of three tiaras to choose from. Mm. So it might, something similar might happen for Meghan. She might get a little tour of the collection and get to choose. But also there's a, a tradition for the wives of younger sons to get new pieces. Sarah Ferguson got a new tiara. Sophie Wessex got a new tiara made from older pieces of jewelry. So we might see Prince Charles going out and buying something for his new daughter-in-law, perhaps. 
Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, we'll see. I'm now imagining Prince Charles, like, headed to the local jewellery store to pick up something from Argos. <laughs> Argos, Argos yeah, maybe. That's a store you don't yeah. have. But <laughs> Yeah, he, he has great jewellery taste. I don't know if you've ever looked at some of the jewels he's bought for Camilla, but he's got good taste, and I would let him choose me a piece of jewellery. So Really? I never think of Charles as someone who has good taste. He loves older pieces of jewellery. He loves to go and reacquire things that were once royal pieces that have been sold and buy them back, things like that. So he's sentimental and he's got good taste. Wow. I didn't realize that. I think Camilla Parker Bowles, by the way, is actually quite stunning. Is that, could I say that? She wears jewelry very well. That's a polite way to put it. (laughs) A lot of people, you know, you put on some of the old, huge pieces of royal jewelry and they kind of get dwarfed by them. But Camilla has presence, and she's able to wear some of the bigger pieces and really do it well. Wow, listen to you two as if you're on Team Camilla. Oh my god, I'm not (laughs) on Team Camilla. Anybody who wears beautiful jewelry, I'm on their team. Oh, well, I need to get some good jewelry. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our final question for you before we let you go, Ella. Tell us about Megan's engagement ring. We'd just love to hear your thoughts on it as somebody who's a royal jewels specialist. You know, I don't know what I was expecting from the engagement ring. I think because she and Harry are so modern and they've kind of gone about their relationship in a, a little less traditional way than some of the royals. I think I was expecting something strange. And I don't know why I was expecting that exactly. But the ring is really kind of traditional. It's very classic. It's very simple. The middle diamond, the largest one, Harry bought from Botswana, which apparently is a place that's really important to the two of them. They vacation there together. So it's sentimental for them. And then the small diamonds on either side are from Princess Diana's collection. So she gets to be a part of the ring and the legacy too, which is really kind of a lovely thing. Yeah, it just makes me really emotional. Oh, I just love that. It gives me shivers just to think about that. Same. I literally felt like I was going to cry there. Yeah. And even better, he helped design it himself. And the the design of it, the big diamond flanked by two smaller ones, is basically the same design as the Queen's engagement ring. And Prince Philip designed that one using diamonds that belong to his mother. So Harry is really kind of continuing a nice trend in the family there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Ella Kay, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today, to give us the shivers looking at that ring. Now we have a whole new set of stories and facts to go with the engagement and with the most important wedding of our lifetimes that's soon to be happening. Oh, yes. We, we so appreciate it. And reminder, Ella Kay is the writer and creator of The Court Jeweler. And if you want to follow her, get in touch with her, she's on Twitter at Court Jeweler, and her blog is thecourtjeweler.com. Thanks so much. Thanks very much, guys. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a moment with our royal wedding prediction. And we're back. Each week, we make a prediction about the wedding day on May 19th. We'll have a drinking game bingo board set up so that you can play along during the ceremony and have your very own viewing party and get super drunk because these predictions are all coming true. Kristen, what is today's prediction? What are we predicting? Oh, this is a big one. The queen will wear blue. That's right. We're talking about the queen today. 
Yes. Well, you know what? Gingers look very good in blue, I think. And people with blue eyes look good in blue. Thank you. The queen knows this. She has blue eyes. She wears a lot of blue already. Yes, she wore blue when Charles married Princess Diana, when Margaret married Peter, when Andrew married Fergie, when Anne married Mark Phillips. Yes, plus there is data to back this up. In 2012, Vogue analyzed all the colors that the Queen wore that year, and 29% of the time, that's right, almost a third of the time, she wore blue. That's three times more than any other color. Yeah, we've literally dug deep here and gone into algorithms to work out what the queen will be wearing. (laughs) She sometimes does wear other colors to weddings. She wore yellow to Will's and Kate's wedding, lavender to Edward and Sophie's wedding, cream shade to Charles and Camilla's wedding. But we're saying she's going to wear blue this time. And on top of that, blue is one of Harry's favorite colors too. Yes, yes. You can see Harry in blue frequently. And again, because it sets off that beautiful red hair and blue eyes of his, I'm sure. But both Harry and his brother Wills frequently wear blue. Plus, it's a really regal color, I think. And I think that's what she's saying with the color blue when she wears that. It does kind of emit power. But what shade of blue? That's the question. That is the question. Because she does vary up her shades of blue. Sometimes it's a little more slightly aquamarine. Sometimes it's a little more robin's egg blue. Sometimes it's electric. Sometimes it's navy. And I'm guessing of all the blues that she's going to wear on this big day, because of the time of year and just because I think it's a very festive wedding color, I think she's going to wear kind of a robin's egg blue. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be very vibrant. And the queen... I think, often likes to wear very bright, vibrant colors. So I can really see that at this wedding. Yeah, and you know the theory on why she always wears the same color from head to toe, including her hat? Do you know this theory? No, I don't. It's so that her subjects can see her from far away and always know it's her. And if she wears the same color head to (laughs) toe, mm -hmm, then they'll know it's her and they'll be able to have that special feeling in their hearts and be able to say, I saw the queen. Even if they were... Half a mile away, they could see her head to toe in one color and say, I saw the queen. Wow. That's amazing. I I assumed it was just because it was easier and you didn't have to worry about what was matching. (laughs) But that's, that's, that's how my wardrobe works. But that is actually really beautiful. I love the queen so much. Like watching that documentary that we briefly touched on earlier made my life. It was so weird just watching her being so candid. It was so fun. And, you know, there are just different points in that documentary where you could see her human side. You could see her sense of humor. You could see her kind of girlishly giggling over certain things. And it just made me more excited for this wedding because I could just picture her sitting there next to Philip, maybe whispering in his ear something romantic and the two giggling while (laughs) uh, Meghan and Harry say their vows. And just, you know, the whole idea of them having that human side and being people who experience feelings like the rest of us. I'm so excited for them. I'm so excited for this wedding. Yes, queen. Yes. (laughs) So blue, that's our prediction. She's wearing blue. Yes. The queen will wear blue. And that's it for this episode of When Meghan Met Harry. I don't want it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to be over. We'll be back next week. It's not going to be over. This is a kind of love that will last forever, too. Let's not forget that. That's so true. When Megan Met Harry is produced by Lindsay Cradwell, Duchess of Podcasting. Special thanks to Ryan Dilly, our producer in London, also known as the Earl of Podcasting. And as always, thanks to Andy Bowers, Archduke of Panoply. Do you have your own wedding predictions to share? Send us an email at whenmeganmetharry at panoply.fm or tweet us 
at Royal Wedding Pod. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave us a review, grab your friends' phones, force them to subscribe. Tell everybody you know, all your hashtag Hagen watchers and Anglophiles about when Meghan met Harry. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. I'm James Barr, and we're sending you Royal Wedding Dreams, Not Scary Meghan and Harry Doll Nightmares. I can't get them out of my head. Help. <laughs> the scariest dolls are the worst. I've got a great idea. Let's change our artwork to a picture of the dolls. <laughs> Please check them out anyway. We'll leave you with that. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye.